What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Top 10. It's a weekly podcast for myself, Kyle White, and a guest. Talk about our top 10 and random topics. Could be movies, music, TV, food, you name it. It could be here. And my guest this week is a return guest to the show, Jason Bahamundi. Jason, how you doing? I'm doing great, Kyle. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm pumped about our Top 10 discussion today. Yes, so... Uh, Jason and I have kind of jumped all around on the list that we've done, which I like that it shows, you know, versatility and, um, I have lots of interests, but we talked about candy the first time he was on the show and we talked about TV shows and now we're going to talk about movies you never get tired of watching, which honestly was a really hard list for me to make. Um, before we started recording, Jason kind of mentioned, uh, that there are seasonal movies like Christmas movies. I have one in an honorable mention that's a Christmas movie, but I have one on my list that is technically a Christmas movie, but I don't care if it's Christmas. Like I'll watch it year round. I, I like it. So, um, but my list is all over the place. Uh, so <laughs> I'm very excited. I feel like a lot of times people are like, oh, I never get tired of comedy movies or animated movies. My list jumps genres all over the place so um i'm excited to talk about this man my my list my honorable mentions are have a couple of uh holiday films in there too but it'll be interesting to see if people pull out the common denominator in the in the majority of the movies that are on my list i realize that as i'm looking at it right now i was like oh my goodness (laughs) there's a very similar (laughs) theme through each one of these (laughs) Yes. All right. So if you want to get started with your number 10. So my number 10, and I, and I make fun of this often because there's the argument that Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not a Christmas movie, depending on who you are. But my number 10, I make fun of it, is because I will call it a Thanksgiving movie, and that is Four Brothers. It's Mark Wahlberg, and yes. um, he's one of three, one of four adopted sons uh of a of a lady in detroit and um it's a movie i could watch constantly it makes me laugh every single time i watch it yes i haven't seen this um i've I've heard of it but i've never seen it um i knew it was marky mark whenever you mentioned it uh so yeah i need to check this one out it sounds interesting and uh, i like mark Wahlberg a lot so I'd need to check this one out. I would definitely put it on your your must watch list, and then and then we'll see how it climbs up your uh, top ten movies I never get tired of watching list. <laughs> All right. So my number ten is one of those movies that, when it was announced, I think everyone went, "What is this?" And then it shockingly got nominated for best picture. It didn't win. Um, but that's Juno. Oh, yes. Um, so, so, so this movie is Ellen Page or Elliot Page, um, gets pregnant in high school and it's kind of her journey through pregnancy and the adoption process. And she kind of builds this relationship with the guy who's going to adopt her baby, but then spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen this. Um, finds out he's going to leave the lady, but she tells the lady, like, I'm still in. If you're still in, like, I will still let you adopt my baby. And it, it's 
I love the lingo in this movie. Like all the all the verbiage and like weird, funky things they say is just hysterical. Um, the soundtrack in this movie is phenomenal. It's one of my favorites of all time. And I just think the cast was perfect for this movie. I mean, you've got Rain Wilson in the beginning just working behind the cash register, and it's like, why Why is this guy who is a pretty f- like famous guy just the <laughs> cashier in this movie? And then J.K. Simmons is her dad, which is just so unexpected but so perfect. Uh, Michael Sarah's in this. I mean, this is just a great movie. And it's so quotable, so quotable. I quote this movie all the time. And I just think, kind of a a personal note for me, I'm adopted. Um, So I think that too, just seeing the process, and I know my biological mom, and I know, um, you know, kind of all the process and everything that happened, but I really liked the take on this young girl struggling but finds the perfect family for her baby. And it's just, it's really heartwarming, but in kind of like a comedy funny package. And I thought it was really well done. It's, it's funny as you're describing the movie and talking about it, I'm thinking to myself, one, I wonder if we're going to have any of the same movies on our list. And then two, out of the 10 movies you mentioned, how many of them are I going to go, Oh, I forgot about that movie. And now I need to go back and watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, though, my list is all over the place. So, you know, I start here with funny, kind of heartwarming Juno, and we we're gonna change quite a bit when we jump to number nine. So, so I'll go. I'll go with my number nine. I just watched it about a week ago. We are in the midst of the NFL football playoffs, and so. Yes. This kind of uh, taps into that. Remember the Titans with Denzel. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And, you know, I know there's an uproar about uh, Ryan Gosling being nominated for Barbie and and, uh, Morgan Robbie and, and Greta Gerwig not being nominated for Barbie. But Ryan Gosling is in Remember the Titans as well. And he plays like this bit part in a way, but he's really funny. Um, plus, uh, ain't no mountain high enough with Marvin Gaye is a song that they sing through in the movie. And it's one of my favorite songs. And so just the, the story of overcoming and realizing that, you know, we're all the same as humans coming together and just the way the story is told, fighting through hard obstacles, um, to get to your goals and dreams is, is one of the reasons why I love remember the Titans. And and I just, you know, every time it's on, I'm watching it. Yeah, it's so good. Um, and talking about um, kind of overcoming things, Ethan, I think his last name's Supley or Supley, but he's the big guy in this yeah. movie. If you see him now, it's incredible. Like he's lost so much weight. He changed. He turned his whole life around because he was known as like the big guy actor, and. He was kind of one of those first actors that was like, no, you're not going to cast me for my weight. Like, I'm going to, you know, live a healthy life regardless. And I think a lot of people told him, like, you're not going to get roles if you're not fat. And he was like, well, I don't care. Like, This is my life and I need to take care of myself. 
and I thought that was really cool and he's great in that movie. You know, in the movie too, right? It's it's all the little um, stories of overcoming obstacles yeah. and his character, right? He tells Denzel Washington's character that he can't go to college because nobody in his family's ever gone to college, and that's just not what's going to happen. Right. And uh, Coach Boone, Denzel Washington's character you know, basically helps him out and he ends up getting a C plus and has the ability to go to college. And then when you read the post credits and you read about where the, 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 the actual people, cause it's based on a true story, what happened in their life, you see the fact that he got to go to college and the impact that that had. It's, it's heartwarming. Yes. All right. So my number nine, um, it's kind of a movie that I don't think people are going to expect to be here on my list, um, but I love this movie. Uh, they, It's adapted from a graphic novel, and then after this movie came out, they did another adaption in the form of a TV show that's completely unrelated to the movie, um, but it's called Snowpiercer, and uh, this movie is Chris Evans on a train, and it's basically the world ended, and... Well, I guess the world didn't end. Like, the world went into nuclear winter. And this man, Wilford, I think it's Wilford, knew that the world was, this was going to happen. So he built the Snowpiercer, which is a train that is made to go around the world indefinitely. Like, it can just run on itself. Like, it kind of creates its own energy, and it can run forever. So basically, there's these people that started on the train, and it's a class system. There's, you know, the front of the train is the wealthy and the very back is the poor. And the whole movie is these people that are born in the back of the train kind of rise up and push through the train because they feel like they don't deserve what they get. And which is absolutely true. And it's just a brilliant story. Um, I love it so much. And there's a, a monologue in this where Tilda Swinton, who I love so much, says, you are a shoe. And she holds up her shoe and she's talking to the back of the train and she's explaining that they are the shoe of the train and that they go on the bottom and they walk through the, the sludge and they get dragged through all the dirt while the front of the train is the hat. And it's just such a crazy look at society. And I I just love this movie. There, there's all kinds of stuff that you don't expect that I feel like, if anything, I mean, it's obviously science fiction, but if anything like this ever happened, I truly think this is the way it would go down. And uh, I, I just, I can't talk about this movie enough. I love it. I think it's super underrated and not enough people have seen it. I would fall into that category of not seeing it, but now it's on my list of, uh, must go see because of your Siskel and Ebert like uh, review of the movie now. Yeah. All right. So that was number nine. So you're number eight. So my number eight is The Departed. It has an all star cast with Martin yeah. Sheen and Mark Wahlberg and Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio and Alec Baldwin and Jack Nicholson. And essentially, Right. It takes place in Boston. It doesn't essentially take place in Boston. It takes place in Boston. And the idea is the Boston Police Department is trying to catch 
Jack Nicholson's character um, and, and get him arrested because he basically runs Boston and Leonardo DiCaprio is penetrating Jack Nicholson's group while at the same time Matt Damon is already uh, inside of the Boston Police Department feeding information to Jack Nicholson. So it's a really good story in that sense that you've got a couple of insiders working against each other while pretending to be working for each other in a way. So it's one of those movies that when it comes on, everything stops, got to put it on and watch it and just enjoy the watching the story unfold of good guys versus bad guys. Yeah. So this movie, it didn't make this list. Um, it's kind of long. And so I think that's why, but I rate this movie a hundred out of a hundred. I love this movie. It's in my top 10 movies of all time. And, uh, I, I, I think it didn't make this list because it's so long, but it is truly, it's, I also think it's one of those movies that I, I got to be in the right mood to sit down and watch the departed. It, it can be really heavy in parts, but also like, I've really got to be able to focus and watch everything. And sometimes I just not like I get home from a long day and I'm just like, yeah, nope, departed's not what I want right <laughs> now. Um, but it is a fantastic movie. Yeah. All right. So my number eight, it's a movie from the nineties called the princess bride. Yes. And I love this movie. It is hysterically funny. And I've always loved Andre the giant and him in this movie is just great. But overall, this is just a fantastic story. I, I love in the beginning that it's a grandpa telling his grandson a story and his you know, the whole thing of his grandson's like, is this a kissing book? Like I, it's, it's hysterical, but then it goes in and shows you the story and oh my gosh, just so many things in this, the inconceivable. I, I just, oh my gosh. It's Inigo funny. Montoya. You got it all in there. Yes. Yes. It, this movie is just perfect. It, I, I can't recommend it enough to people. It's funny. It's heartwarming. And it's just laid back. It, it it doesn't take itself too seriously. It knows what it is, and it tells the story that it needs to tell, and it does it in a fun way. And so I really I'm gonna like age it. myself. And for any of the wrestling fans that are in your audience listening to this, I was at the very first WrestleMania at Madison Square Garden in New York City as a young kid, yeah. and Andre Andre the Giant was obviously in it. And yeah. You can read the how big he was online, but it you don't actually get a feel for how big that man actually was unless you saw him yes. in person. And he was huge. Yeah, is that uh, the WrestleMania with uh, the Executioner? No, nah, this was the very first one. So you had Hulk Hogan, Captain Lou Albano, Cindy Lauper was involved. Liberace was yeah. playing the piano. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, knew, I knew a guy... Um, that was like a friend of a friend of a friend that was the executioner in WrestleMania. And so he traveled with Hulk Hogan and Andre the giant. He knew all them. And it's really cool to hear stories about that and all the stuff, you know, and like you said, just, you do not understand how big the guy yeah, was like, until you see him in person. Like I, I don't know how big Hulk Hogan, how tall he is, but let's say he's six foot three. I have no idea. Yeah. Andre the giant was literally head and shoulders above him and it, it like, that discrepancy yes. alone gave you an idea of how big he was even from being way back in the stands as i was 
Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. That I I've talked about Andre the Giant on the show before. I did top ten athletes, and he was in my list. And um, so I I really like Andre the Giant, but Princess Bride is just such a good movie. All right. So number number seven, seven for me is uh, Two Guns, featuring Denzel Washington and Mark Wahlberg. And essentially, you really like Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, you're starting to pick up on my theme here, which is what I realized as I was going through this. I'm like, oh my goodness, most of my top ten movies have Mark Wahlberg in them. But it's this is an interesting movie in that they are uh, two criminals working together, but as criminals, they also happen to be undercover DEA agent, um, which is uh, Denzel Washington's character. And an yeah. undercover U.S. Navy SEAL, which is Mark Wahlberg's uh, character, trying to break down the a Mexican cartel, basically. Um, and it's it's on the border of being ludicrous in terms of how yeah. things unfold in the movie, um, which is what makes me laugh the entire time while I'm watching the movie. So um, if that movie is on there, I am watching it. There are very few people that I know that even have heard of this movie, let alone have actually seen it more than once. Yeah. I've never seen this. I know what it is um, because I like Mark Wahlberg and I've seen the, the poster where they're like flying through. Yes. Um, So like, I know I can see the picture in my head. I know exactly what you're talking about, but I never saw it. (laughs) Uh, But you're making me same thing with four brothers. Like I can see the picture in my head, but I've never seen it. And now you're making me like, Oh, I got to go watch these Mark Wahlberg movies. Yeah. It's one of those movies where like you've got, you know, an hour and a half to two hours to kill and you don't really want to invest a lot of um, brain energy. So you could just watch it and kind of laugh and enjoy it. Like for me, it's a perfect movie to watch on the treadmill or while I'm on the bike trainer. Right. Cause it allows time to pass by without having to invest too much brain power into thinking what might come next. All right. So my number seven falls right into that category for me of what you just said, movies that you can just turn on and you don't have to invest too much brain power. Um, I believe it's kind of what people would consider it a cult classic, classic film. It is by no means an Oscar film. Um, it's very satirical, but it is Starship Troopers. <laughs> And I could watch this movie every day. Um, I love it so much. Uh, it's just hysterical. And I just, I think the it's so obviously satire and like a play on um, the government and the military and everything. And um, But it, it's just so brilliantly done. Again, it, I don't feel like it takes itself too seriously. And I just really, really like it. Uh, it it kind of falls in the same lane as like Tremors for me. Like, it, yes, it's a monster movie, but no, it's not a monster movie. It's like a comedy movie, satire movie with that monster overlay on it. But it, I just really like this movie. If you haven't seen it, it's definitely not for everyone, but I really like it. it it's basically... It's basically first person shooter video game, the movie. Like it's, it's just these guys run into this planet where they fight off these giant bugs and it's just action, 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 action. Uh, and I just really, really like it. Yeah. It's, it's one of those movies for me that I've heard of more than once and it just hasn't gotten into the yep. queue. 
Um, but again, like you, these are going to be movies that we I start to add to my list on Netflix or yes. wherever, and, and then make sure I get a, a, a viewing of them. All right. Yeah, no, I, and like I said, Starship Troopers is not for everyone. I People are going to watch this and go, how can he watch this all the time? It's terrible. But, I mean, everyone's different, and I, that's why I like doing these lists. And if you like, you know, fast-paced action movies that take very little brain power to understand, <laughs> this is the perfect movie for that. Uh, but, yeah, so that's my number seven, Starship well, Troopers. It sounds like it's going to be the perfect uh, addition to my treadmill uh, library of movies to watch. All right. I see. All right. So number six. Number six for me is uh, 300. Um, most people know mm. Gerard Butler is in the movie as King Leonidas, and he's leading a, a troop of Spartans, of 300 Spartans, into battle against uh, an invading army of Xerxes and 300,000 soldiers. And for me, it's a lot of the overcoming the impossible obstacles in the world, in your life, I should say. Um, for me, I, I was watching it for a number of years before I used to race Ironman triathlons and things like that um, with the idea of conquering, right, and winning the battle against, for me, the course and, and the whole uh, We Are Sparta chant and yelling always got me fired up and excited. So it was a movie and is a movie that I could watch over and over again just because of the idea of overcoming uh, impossible odds to succeed. Yeah. Yeah, this movie. I saw this movie in theaters with my dad. And I mean, I was I was probably in middle school when this came out. Um, I'm young. And uh, I can remember the beginning of this movie. There's like a sex scene. And my dad like covering my <laughs> face and me being like, Dad, come on. <laughs> like, you don't have to do that. Uh, it's just one of those memories that for some reason with this movie sticks with me. Uh, but yeah, no, this is a good one. This is another one that I feel like you can turn on and just kind of watch it and enjoy it. It's a lot of action. It's, uh, it's a good one. Yeah. All right. So my number six, I think when I did my top 10 favorite movies of all time, this was my number one because I really truly think it is maybe my favorite movie of all time. Um, it didn't make my number one rewatchable or never get tired of movie because there are movies that I literally every single day could turn on. Um, and this one, yes, I could, but it's also kind of heavy in parts. And that is Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, yes. And I love this movie. This all-star cast, absolute all-star cast. Um, Steve Carell, Alan Arkin, Phil Dano. I mean, the list goes on. It is just an outstanding cast and i just love the ensemble acting in this movie it comes perfectly together paul dano with acts pretty much the whole movie without saying a single word because he's taken a vow of silence and then that moment when they're in the car and he finds out that he can't fly and go to you know pilot school because he's colorblind is such like a like heart-wrenching moment and he just gets out of the car and screams the F word and, you know, finally breaks that vow of silence. Oh my gosh. And when she, when the little girl goes and, uh, does her talent routine and it ends up being like a strip 
striptease kind of dance that her grandpa taught her. <laughs> Absolutely hysterical. Uh, this movie's just so heartwarming. It's so That's fun. The thing, that and, dance uh, scene, right? It just catches you way yes. off guard. You're not expecting that because there is a, an air of seriousness about the movie leading up to that yes. point. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, because the whole time, you know, it's, my grandpa taught me this, my grandpa taught me this, my grandpa <laughs> taught me this, so you don't see it coming, and then she gets on stage and that song hits, and it's just like, no <laughs> way. Yeah, this movie, this movie is fantastic. And now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, this could have been higher on my list. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it's a great movie. So we're up to number five now, right? Number five, yep, halfway mark. So like you and Little Miss Sunshine, your number one favorite movie of all time is down the list of rewatchable movies. And for yes. me, Casablanca is my favorite movie of all time and is the number five top ten movie I never get tired of watching. One, because yeah. you have to actually go out and search for it. You're not going to put on TBS and it's going to be on all the time right. like uh, A Christmas Story is and during the holidays. And so you have to go out and walk, you know, seek it out. But I love Casablanca and the story that it has. And um, you've got uh, Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman in it. And it's a serious story about World War II, obviously. But woven throughout the story are some comedic moments, like uh, the idea that there's gambling taking place in Casablanca. I'm shocked. Um, you have moments of uh, the German national anthem being outsung by the French national anthem in the restaurant. Yes. And it's just, I don't know, it, it's my favorite movie. And so I can watch it repeatedly, um, but I will have to make time to watch it because it does have a little bit of air of seriousness about it. Plus, it's not on all the time like some movies are on all the time. Yeah, this is one of those movies that... I respect it for what it is. It it falls into the same category as like Citizen Kane yeah. for me, where I fully understand that this is a phenomenal film and for them to make it when they made it is incredible. I just can't watch it all the time. And it, it's not because it's an older film. I have films that I probably could watch all the time that are, you know, black and white, same timeline. But uh, I just, for some reason, this film... I love it. It's fantastic, but it just didn't catch me like some of the other classic films did. So here's an interesting story. So people will often ask me, like, how does Casablanca become your favorite movie of all time? And um, when I was in college, so I went to college between 91 and 95, and there was a moment where I was hungover and sitting in my dorm room and the local TV station for the university put this on a loop. And so I was hungover, was not oh, wow. leaving my bed, and it was on. And so I just watched it for hours on end. And every time I watched <laughs> it, I was like, oh, I didn't notice that in the previous, you know, uh, version of yeah. me watching it. And then it, and I just, I just came to grow to love it over time. And it was literally because I had a hangover in college. And, and that's how a movie about World War II in black and white um, became my favorite movie of all time. Yes. Yeah, no, that, I mean, and like I said, there are some black and white, like, classic films that I love. None of them made this list. Um, but, I mean, I think the greatest movie ever made is 12 Angry Men, and that came out in the 50s. Such a good movie. Um, 
yes uh it didn't make this list because it is a very serious like sit down and pay attention yep. movie um but i mean i truly think it's the greatest film ever made yep but uh but yeah so um that is a great choice my number five is polar opposite of that <laughs> um it came out in 2019 i think it's the newest yes the newest movie on my list it's an animated movie called klaus and this is what i was talking about it's a christmas film um, about how the legend of santa claus came to be um, it's not how santa became santa it is straight up like showing you that this guy does not have magic powers it is just how the legend of santa came to be and it's magic um it's the only animated movie i rate 100 out of 100 i, I love it so much and i recommend this to so many people and they're like yeah it's okay i'm like get out like this this movie is perfection uh there i just and I, i've mentioned it on the show before but this movie there's a scene where i mean the whole thing is this guy is trying to get letters because he's the postman in smearensburg which is the north pole and this it's like a feuding community so no one writes letters because they all hate each other and he kind of introduces like hey kids write these letters to uh klaus and he'll bring you some toys and there's this little girl that shows up and she just starts talking some other language there's no subtitles nothing she just speaks some other language and jesper the main guy's like what <laughs> and this kid's like she's not from here and they bring her like Jesper kind of builds this relationship with this little girl and they, they cannot talk to each other. They can't communicate, but they bring her a toy and it's like a wind kind of surfer thing for out on the ice. And it's this magic moment where there's no words. She just opens this gift and she has pure joy on her face. And I, it's just such a beautiful moment. And when animated movies bring strong emotions out of me, I know that's when it's a good movie because it's hard for an animated movie to do that because a lot of people are like oh it's a cartoon it's not real um i will be the first to be like no you're wrong uh, but <laughs> anyway um i like animation a lot i'm shocked that there's not more on this list but uh klaus is just fantastic it it really is such a great movie and i i could watch this year round i i realize so now we're coming up on the top four so we have eight more choices and so far, out yep. of the uh, 12 choices we've listed, not one of them has been the same. So I'm getting the feeling nope. that we are not going to have a single movie the same. I think of the four I have left, there might only be one. I think there's only one that, I think would that be on might be list. on your list. But anyway, so yep. I'll go with my, my number four sitting in the fourth seed yep. is uh, Gangs of New York. Oh, that's a great movie. Daniel Day-Lewis, Leonardo DiCaprio, Cameron Diaz, Liam Neeson, John C. Riley, Henry Thomas, who was the lead actor in E.T., for those of you who don't know who Henry Thomas is, are all in this movie. I'm a New Yorker, born and raised, and so it just automatically has me engaged in the movie from the very beginning. And it's essentially about the idea of these gangs of New York and who gets to control the five points of New York. And so you go through this sort of war in which you re you learn that Leonardo DiCaprio's character saw Daniel Day-Lewis's character kill Liam Neeson, who was playing Leonardo DiCaprio's 
father uh, or adopted father, the priest in at the beginning. And he's basically trying to avenge the, the murder uh, death of his of his father. And so you, you go through that process of him going from little boy to young adult. And uh, the story for me is great. It's again, it's New York, which is where I'm born and raised. And so I'm automatically involved in it, engaged and interested in it. But it's a movie that I could watch over and over and over again and never get tired of it. Yeah, this is a great one. This is another one that kind of falls in that departed category for me that it's It's long. long. Yeah, this is one that I had on DVD and it was two discs. Like halfway through the movie, it'd say, please insert second disc. <laughs> like, it's like, that's how you know it's long. <laughs> it's, um, and it, it's really good though. And it, I love these movies where before John C. Riley got typecast into this comedy persona, exactly. the dude can the act. The dude can act. Yes. And I, there's another movie that now that I'm thinking about it could have made my list. Uh, What's eating Gilbert Grape yes. that he's in that movie. And he's fantastic. Um, in that one too. Yes. Yeah. And, Again, who was incredible in that movie, but yeah, I mean, just that movie overall, the cast is fantastic. I, I really like that movie too. All right. So my number four is a movie that I could watch all the time. Um, I love the book. I love the movie and it is Jurassic Park. Um, the original Jurassic Park, um, this, not really any of the sequels are my jam, Jurassic World was okay, but overall, Jurassic Park, the original one, is just fantastic. It is nothing like the book at all. They changed an incredible amount of things for that, but it's fine. I think they're both fantastic in their own right. But this movie, especially as a, a kid, I mean, this movie came out in like 93, um, and I was born in 92. So, uh, I mean... When I was a little kid, I can remember watching Jurassic Park and just being like mesmerized, like these giant dinosaurs, like this is crazy. And um, just everything. I mean, uh, oh, what's his name? Sam Neill and uh, Jeff Goldblum. I mean, the, the cast in this, Samuel L. Jackson, it, it's fantastic. And just so many things in this too, like hold on to your butts, you know, just... <laughs> Just quotes uh, the the clever girl with Robert Muldoon is fantastic. This movie is just great, and just the idea. I love stuff like this. The idea of like using science, and they they do it in a really smart way. Especially in the book, they they kind of explain it all in a really make sense kind of way of how they create these dinosaurs. And it's just like, please don't ever do this, scientist. But that's just wild. Um, it's just really interesting, and I, I thought it was really well done. I think I uh, understand why you kind of laughed a little bit earlier when I said I went to college between 91 yes. and 95. That is exactly why I laughed. Because <laughs> I was being born. <laughs> I just realized that. I was like, oh, I get it now. Yep. It's awesome. It happens all the time. Like I, I'm like, oh, I'm 32 or whatever, however old I am now, 31. I'm like, I'm decently old. And then I start talking to other people and I'm like, I'm a baby. Like, <laughs> Yeah. About a month and a half ago, I turned 50. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, crazy. Crazy. 
it's just one of those things that like when you go through life, like when you're, you know, 12, you're like, oh, I'm not going to be friends with people older than me. That's weird. But when you're 30, it's like, I'll be friends with whoever. I don't care. I think uh, what's cool about whatever. this too, right, is like the age gap is about 20 years, give or take. And we're talking about movies. And so like yeah. I can go and see a movie or watch a movie that you have in your top 10 that I haven't seen. And it might just be because of the age, but I want now I'm interested in it. Oh, what it is right. that you've enjoyed and let me go take a peek at it. So this is one of the coolest things about being on podcasts with people that for me are 20 years younger than I am. And, and I get to learn from. Yes. Yeah. And I think the big thing with movies for me is growing up, I was always such a, what's the new movie? What's the new movie? What's the new movie? So when I got kind of college age and even a little older out of college, I got really into let's go back and watch these movies that I'd never seen. Cause I mean, I got to be 25, 26 years old and I had never seen Forrest Gump. I had never seen Indiana Jones. Uh, um, some of the star Wars I hadn't seen. There were a lot of movies that people were like, how have you never seen this? And so I went back and watched a lot of those, you know, big classic type movies. I know nothing I said was super classic, but even stuff like 12 angry men, um, Casablanca, citizen Kane, I went back and watched those a lot of Charlie Chaplin type stuff. Um, and it just makes you respect the whole art form of film because it does not matter how old yeah. you are. Like you can love a film from any time period um, just because, you know, it's timeless. And a lot of issues that people go through in life are timeless. It doesn't matter, you know, when the movie came out, people are still dealing with that yeah. now. Exactly. And what's cool is like, if you look back, like again, 12 Angry Men and Casablanca and angles that they're shooting at and how they're capturing people's uh, emotions on their face with the technology that we don't, they didn't have then that we have today and how you can yes. do things. And so it's pretty amazing when you, you know, if you take that into account when you're watching an older film and realize that this was filmed 80 years ago, they didn't have the things we have today for touch-ups and things like that. Right. Yeah, no. I, yeah. All right. So you're number three. So yeah, we're, we're at number three? three. So for me, my my number three uh, rewatchable movie of all time is Lone Survivor. Uh, it's got Mark Wahlberg in it, Emil Hirsch, Eric Banya. Um, and it's essentially the uh, capture of the true story of uh, Marcus Luttrell. Um, set in the war in Afghanistan and how he and three of his Navy SEAL uh, brethren got caught out there and had to figure out how to get out. Uh, unfortunately, the other three uh, did not make it, but he did. And um, to this day, there are people who participate in what's called the MRF, um, based on Michael Murphy, who is the actual Navy SEAL. Um, who does a workout and his character is played by, or he is played by Taylor Kitsch in the movie. And um, I, I watched this movie for understanding a little bit about what the American soldiers are going through and doing to allow us to have the rights and the freedoms that we have uh, in this country, but then also how what could be perceived as enemies can come together because there were Afghanis who helped Marcus Luttrell um, survive uh, Al-Qaeda 
basically in in Afghanistan yeah. to live and get him over here. And it's based on a true story. And so you you know if you stay past the credits, you can see a little bit more of the history and the story and how they came to be um, his his uh, savior. I don't recall the name of the the gentleman that helped save his life while he was in Afghanistan, but how they become how they became you know closer after you know, basically right. the life saving moment uh, for Marcus Luttrell. And so it's a really cool um, story in that regard. Obviously, bad things had to happen. Um, and then you know Marcus Luttrell is actually in the movie too, which is kind of nice to see. You know a story yeah. about him, and he's actually participating in it. So you get the feel. Because a lot of times, right, Hollywood tends to take liberties on when they're telling true stories. And yes. you hope that because he was on the cast and, and during the filming was there, was correcting what could have been Hollywooded up, shall we say, um, to keep it as realistic right. as, as what actually transpired while he was in Afghanistan. So that's my number three uh, rewatchable mo- movies of all time, uh, Lone Survivor. Yeah, I haven't watched this movie in so long. Um, but it's fantastic. I, I think I saw it in theaters. Um, and I, I liked it a lot. Uh, it is a really good movie and it, it, I like true story movies, especially, um, like war movies that are true stories. I, I really like those a lot. So this is one that I want to go rewatch this cause I haven't seen it in so long and I, I want to watch it again. All right. So my number three is the last animated movie on my list. And that is The Emperor's New Groove. This is a Disney movie that is David Spade is an emperor in Peru. And he is a jerk. (laughs) And I I mean, absolute, you know, narcissist. He is the emperor and everything goes his way. And his advisor is this evil lady named Yzma. And she poisons him. But because her assistant Kronk is a doofus he gives him the wrong poison and it's not uh poison to kill him it turns him into a llama (laughs) and that's like one of the big lines it's a llama he's supposed to be dead (laughs) and so then she uh tells Kronk, you know take him out of town and finish the job well he takes him out and he loses him and it's kind of Cusco's story he meets up with this uh villager pacha who is john goodman voiced by john goodman and so it's david spain john goodman and it's fantastic um voice acting and it's just kind of their journey back to the to to the castle or whatever the palace i think is what they call it it this movie is hysterical it is criminally underrated it came out at a time when disney was just kind of not hitting like they had been um, they came off this like age of '90s movies. They they had you know Aladdin. Well, even like in the late '80s, they had uh, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King. I mean, it was like hit, 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 and then they just kind of tanked. And they were making stuff like um, Atlantis and Dinosaur, and um, they made Emperor's New Groove, Lilo Stitch, and it just wasn't hitting like they had been. This movie does not get enough credit for how clever and smart it really is. And David Spade is just the perfect cast for this role. And if if you're sitting there going, oh, I don't watch animated movies, go watch Emperor's New Groove. 
It's hysterical. It's smart. It's a kid's movie, so it, it's not like crude or it doesn't make you laugh by being crude. It makes you laugh by being very, very smart. And there's a scene where they're kind of climbing up a mountain and their backs are pushed. And David Spade says, you know, this would be a lot uh, more difficult if you were a big fat guy. <laughs> and Pacha is a big fat guy. But whenever they were doing the voice recording, David Spade had no idea what the character looked like. So he said, you know, this would be a lot more difficult if you're a big fat guy. And so they drew him as a big fat guy. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's just stuff like that. It's just so smart. Um, oh my gosh. And this movie, I, when I was in college, it was on Netflix and I would fall asleep to this movie every day. Um, and, uh, when I started dating my wife, she was just like, how do you watch the same movie every day? And I said, I don't watch that movie. The, the opening monologue starts and he says, well, will you take a look at that? And I'm asleep. Like, I mean, it hits me like a truck. And so we sat down to watch it one day and he started talking and I got real sleepy. And I was like, I don't think I can watch this. Like, I'm going to fall asleep. Um, but I haven't watched it in a long time. Uh, so I, I don't fall asleep to it anymore. But this movie I could watch any day. Um, if my daughter ever was like, hey, let's watch the Llama movie. I'd be like, sign me up. Let's watch the Llama movie. Because it is just so good. When David Spade, when you hear his voice for the first time, are you envisioning him from Tommy Boy, David Spade? Uh, yeah, it's kind of in that era. I mean, I think this movie came out in like 2000. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of when he was in his yeah. prime. But uh, honestly, I'm young enough to wear... My first real memory of David Spade is when he made that terrible Dickie Roberts movie. <laughs> um, that, that seriously, like when I think David Spade, my mind goes to Dickie Roberts' former child star, which is just <laughs> terrible. terrible. Um, it's not a good, not a good movie. Um, but that's for, that's like the first, like as a kid, memory I have of David Spade. But honestly, now when I see anything where he's like interviewing, I just hear Cusco. <laughs> Like it, it, because I've seen Emperor's New Groove so much, I'm just like, hey, it's Cusco. That's awesome. All right, so that's my number three, Emperor's New oh, Groove. Down to the final four. Yeah. So my number two movie that I can watch over and over again is Shooter, featuring surprise, surprise, Mark Wahlberg. As it's my number eleven. <laughs> He plays Bob Lee Swagger. The movie also has yes. Denny Glover, Danny Glover, excuse me, and Ned Beatty in it, and Michael Pena, and essentially Danny Glover and and uh, Ned Beatty characters are setting uh, Bob Lee Swagger up to be the fall guy uh, in their plot to basically um, shoot the president, and. Uh, it, it goes on this, you know, sort of wild goose chase through the countryside and they're chasing him. And Michael Pena goes from being an FBI agent to essentially aiding um, Bob Lee Swagger, Mark Wahlberg's character, to yes. getting free. And they have the, you know, the action movie must blow up, you know, as big as you possibly can a house at the yep. end of the movie, you know, towards the end. And so, um, but that's a movie that I could put on repeatedly. And once again, it's one of those movies for me that's a treadmill movie. You could put it on, get on a treadmill, 
not have to think too much and kind of get lost in uh, what's taking place in front of you without having to worry about if you missed a sequence of important events during the movie. Yeah, this could have easily made it onto my list. Um, just depends on, you know, when I made the list. But I watched this movie over and over and over again. It is one of those movies that it never gets old. I mean, it, it's so good. And that scene where they're taking on that compound is just like, action 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 and it's just so good um i can remember being absolutely terrified of that contraption that they put on michael yes. pena that makes it look like he's gonna commit suicide i'm just like that's horrifying yep. like uh and just like man and just crazy stuff i just man that movie's good they should have made my list they, they attempted to make a tv show uh it was on usa yeah i never watched not that it. good I, I was able to get through a couple okay. of episodes and I was like, yeah, because yeah. I'm comparing it to the movie the entire time. And I was like, yeah, it's never going right. to work. So I just stopped watching it. All right. So my number two is a goofy comedy movie that is just mindless and dumb. And it is Happy Gilmore. <laughs> Adam Sandler. <laughs> yes. I could watch this movie endlessly. It's hysterical. He gets beat up by Bob Barker at one point. Um, Shooter McGavin is just like the ultimate, you have to hate this guy. Like if there's anyone out there that's like, yeah, I love Shooter McGavin. I'm just like, you're the worst kind that's of person. Right. <laughs> like, that's right. They're either uh, lying because they want to be the antithesis to whatever it is saying. Yes. Or they are on the worst kind of person list. <laughs> yes. But I just, um, I mean, Chubbs Peterson, <laughs> when he's, you know, it's all in the hips. <laughs> And then he's like, I got his head. And then he falls out the window. I just, man. He's like, go to your home. Get in your home. Yes. Yes. Um, Just give it a little tap. (laughs) Tap, tap, tap a root. Gosh, I love it so much. And just uh, whenever Shooter McGavin says, yeah, and Grizzly Adams had a beard. It's like, Grizzly Adams did have a beard. It's like, oh, my gosh. So funny. Uh, I'm surprised I don't have a single Adam Sandler movie on my list. That I yeah, I put Billy Madison on my honorable mentions. Um, I I didn't want to put two Adam Sandler movies on my list, um, but I I feel like those are inter- interchangeable for me. It just I could put on either one and it would scratch the same itch. Very much so. We're down to the uh, All right. you know, number one. Before we go to number one, I I often wonder about like. Uh, Happy Gilmore is a rewatchable movie about golf, right? In air quotes. Yes. Does Tin Cup fall into a movie of being rewatchable movie about golf in air quotes again? I just wasn't a huge fan of Tin Cup, so I, I, I'm not going to call it rewatchable because <laughs> I was just like, hey, it's it's Tin Cup. <laughs> uh, Bagger Vance, Legend of Bagger Vance, that would fall into that category for me. That's a good me. one for sure. That's definitely a good one. We may um, have to, but Tin Cup is just. We may man. have to have top ten movies I could rewatch over and over again about sports at some point. Yeah, <laughs> Happy Gilmore would be my number one. This <laughs> is on my top ten list of all time, so it'd be at the number yeah. one list for that too. All right. So here's my, number my, one. The unveiling of my number one is, and I'm sure there are many people out there that are going to go. Of course, it's Shawshank Redemption. Uh, Morgan Freeman, ah. Tim Robbins, 
Gil Bellows, Bob Gunton, who plays the warden. And essentially Tim Robbins, you know, gets uh, thrown in prison and he befriends Morgan Freeman. He then um, figures out how to break out of prison um, using the warden as, uh, you know, the, the guy to get out of prison through by doing some accounting work and stuff like that. And, yes. um, you know, one of the lines that they, they have in the movie that I will um, always remember is, you know, uh, Andy Dufresne climbed through 500 yards of filth and mud and shit that you can never imagine. That's five football yes. fields. And that just always sticks in my head in the scene when he finally breaks out and he's standing in the rain and the, and the water falling yes. on top of him. And then um, when the movie ends, he's walking down the beach to meet Morgan Freeman. You know, they, they get back together again, so to speak. And so yes. it's just one of those movies. And uh, Ziwa Tameho. Yeah. It's one of those movies. And, and TBS did it to me, right? That movie is always on TBS just about every other weekend. Yes. And once it's on, you, you sit down because you've had a, a long day and you're like, yeah, I could watch this again. And you get lost in the movie one more time. So Shawshank Redemption, top ten, top top movie on the top 10 list of movies I can rewatch over and over again. Yeah, that's a great choice. It really is such a good movie. Um, I Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins and that are just perfect. I mean, I think that's absolute perfect casting. And uh it's just a really, really good movie. And I, the reason why I also love it before you unveil your number one. Um, yeah. Because it didn't win the Oscar and Castaway did that year. And I despise the movie Castaway. At one point, I'm just yelling at him, <laughs> like, get off the island. I don't care how you do it. Just swim, like drown in the, in the ocean as you're going. Like, I don't care anymore. I'm tired of you being on this island with this volleyball dude and to have Shawshank Redemption not win the Oscar to that movie is, is another reason why I'm hardened as to why it's at the top of my list of rewatchable yeah. movies. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy Castaway, but Shawshank is much better than Castaway. I mean, it's insane that that beat it at the Oscars, but the Oscars always makes wild decisions. Yeah, uh, but, uh, my number one, and I, I, this is the first time ever, I think, that I don't have any crossovers um, with the other person. No, it's probably not the first time, but it's been a while since I haven't had any crossovers. And my number one that I could watch over and over is Ocean's Eleven. Yes! With uh, George Clooney. I mean, I mean, this has everybody. I mean everybody it's got bernie mac it's got brad pitt it's got uh matt julia damon roberts. it's yeah julia roberts i mean this movie the list goes on and on and on of who's in this movie and it's so good i can remember watching this i mean and this kind of crumples all three of them together for me i mean I, oceans 12 was very medium for me but Ocean's 13 takes me right back to where Ocean's 11 was. And I like, I could watch that one too. But Ocean's 11, just, I love heists. I think it's so cool. And this is the ultimate heist movie. All the crazy stuff they do, all the different roles that everyone plays, having to figure out the like hiccups and the plans. And oh, I, I, 
I'm like sitting here like I got to go watch Ocean's Eleven now. It's so good. And I just think that cast is perfect. I've, I've read so many things of people saying like they should do an Ocean's 14. And I'm like, I mean, there's no Bernie Mac. There's no, I mean, you just couldn't do it now. Um, unless you did something like, you know, they're not with us anymore and just cast someone else. But I don't feel like it'd be the yeah, same. Um, it's just, oh, that those movies are so good. They tried to do Ocean's 8 with ladies. Yeah. And that didn't, was not a fan. Before I give you my uh, my uh, honorable mentions, there's a movie on Netflix right now called Lift. It's got Kevin Hart in it. It's a yes. heist movie as well. And, and I described it as Ocean's Eleven meets Italian job with a splash of Fast and the Furious in it. And that sounds right yeah, up my alley. Like it's one of those movies that, you know, it's got that similar storyline and the characters each have yeah. their own specialty. And so um, if, if Ocean's Eleven is a movie that you could rewatch, this is not as good. I will preface. Yeah, yeah, I. I know that I, I go into movies knowing like it's not going to be the same, but it, it kind of takes the best of all of those three movies with the Italian job and oceans 11 and fast and the furious and sort of creates this, uh, one, one movie out of those three. Interesting. Okay. So you just mentioned it, so I'm going to mention it, but the Italian job was in my honorable mentions. Um, that movie, I mean, Mark Wahlberg again, um, <laughs> But I mean that whole cast of Seth Green, Jason yep. Statham, uh, Ed, Ed Norton, uh, Donald Sutherland. I mean that cast is incredible. So and th- this is the that movie is the whole reason that I wanted a Mini Cooper. <laughs> yes, because uh, they're like driving them through the sewer or the subway, and it's just like this is crazy. Um, but yeah, that that movie's great. The Italian job is on my honorable mention, and for those of you that were counting at home. Five of my top ten rewatchable movies featured Mark Wahlberg, and Italian Job is on the honorable mention, so that would be a sixth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, he's a good. In case actor. you're wondering who my uh, who my one of my favorite actors of all time is, yeah, like I didn't even put Ted on the list. Like Ted is a movie you can watch repeatedly. You know, like the, yep. the, he's done a lot of good stuff. See, for me, the the other guys could easily fall on this list for me I with uh Mark Wahlberg and uh Will Ferrell I love that yep. movie all right so let's see uh I mentioned uh Billy Madison uh, I mentioned Shooter was my number 11 and then two other movies The Goonies I watched that movie so much as a kid and I could watch that all the time and then a movie that you said like you said with holiday type stuff is uh The Santa Claus with Tim yep. Allen I love that movie. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies and I could watch it all the time, but I'm not going to watch it in June. Just not. And so that's why it didn't make the list. You mentioned uh, Goonies, which has Sean Astin in it, which reminded me of Rudy, which is a movie that didn't put on honorable mention here, but could very well be on the list. Um, For me, my honorable mentions, uh, I have two, three holiday movies, I guess, a Christmas story, bad mom's Christmas and four Christmases. Um, are all holiday movies I could watch over and over again. And then we get into the Denzel Washington segment of the conversation. Equalizer, all three of them. Man on Fire yeah. as well, which is just another version of the Equalizer with a different title. Um, but those those uh, four movies would be there. Um, and Friends with Benefits is another movie I could watch over and over again. And then finally Harlem Nights um, with 
I don't know. Oh that yeah, one. Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor. Um, oh, that sounds yeah, funny. Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> and of all coincidences, of all coincidences, in high school, one of my best friends, his parents' name were Peter and Barbara, and in the movie, one of the characters' names is Peter, and he's married to a lady named Barbara. And so when the movie came out, like the quote that is in the movie was just something that we always said to his parents while we were hanging out and stuff. So it's just, it like has that nostalgic feel for me of taking me back to, yeah. to back then. One that just popped in my head that has nothing to do with anything that you just mentioned, but uh, is The Patriot. I watched that movie. I was like spoon fed that movie in school. It was like, hey, you want to learn about the American Revolution? Watch The Patriot. <laughs> And it was just like, so I watched it so much. So now it's one of those, like you said, with like TBS, like it comes on all the yep. time. And so it's one of those that if it comes on, I'm like, yeah, I'll sit down and watch Patriot. Why not? I'm sure that I've got a boatload of movies that I can't even remember right now. Yeah. As soon same. as we stop recording, I'm going to be like, oh, what about this one? Yeah. And I mean, I could sit here and name Disney princess movies all day because I watch them with my daughter all the time. <laughs> but it's not going to be movies that I choose to watch all the time <laughs> and some that I definitely get tired of. You brought up animation and I totally forgot. Cars. Cars is a movie I watch yeah. repeatedly. Yeah. Toy, Toy Story is one for me. All the Toy Story movies. I that Toy Story, the first one came out like right after I was born. And so I grew up like perfect timeline with those movies and i i really like those movies my nephew loves toy story and so uh my sister always sends me pictures of him watching it and i'm just like golly that's awesome i wish my kids liked that movie um but they don't so. <laughs> but it's okay i got girls and it is what it is that's right and i will watch princess movies all day long but all right so uh yeah that was our Top 10 plus some movies we could watch or movies that we never get tired of. And I think this was a fantastic list. I love doing these lists and getting movies that I need to go watch now. Um, add them to my list. So uh, this has been another top 10. It's a weekly podcast. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all the, all the socials. You can find me wherever. Just search another top 10 podcast and you'll most likely find me. Uh, I have, um, my link tree has everything in my website. Uh, send me an email if you want to be on the show. I would love to have more guests on the show. Um, Jason, I'll be in touch. I'm sure we'll do another episode at some point if you'd like to. And uh, if people want to find you, Jason, where can they do that? They can find me at uh, all the social platforms except for TikTok using my company's uh, handle, which is at run, try, T-R-I, mag, M-I-M-A-G. So run, try, mag. We're there. We're telling stories of everyday athletes overcoming obstacles to achieve their dreams and goals. All right. Awesome. Well, Jason, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, it's always a pleasure to have you on. It's good getting to talk to you. And uh, thank you. I have a blast every time, Kyle. So Come up with the uh, top 10 list you want to talk about. Send me an email and let's get it going. I will. I'll be in touch. Uh, but uh, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate my fans. Um, I wouldn't 
keep doing this if I didn't have people telling me how much they enjoy the show. So thank you all. Keep doing that. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. (laughs) 